Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. I Bobby Brown and Luther Vandross. 
The song was the number one hit on the U.S. Billboard and R&B chart. Kemp appeared in a two, on a 2007 Keith Sweat DVD called Sweat Hotel Live and had been performing at musical events across the United States in recent years. Uh, definitely a sad story right there. Uh, you know, Johnny Kemp, uh, I want to call him a one-hit wonder. Uh, definitely remember him back in the day, you know what I'm saying, you know, when I was a teenager, you know what I'm saying, that joint, definitely a hot joint. Uh, definitely was number one on the charts. Uh, as a Jamaican cat, uh, you know, found floating on the, on the, down there on, on the beach, floating in the water, down there on Montego Bay. Uh, who knows? He could have been uh, high on coke. You know what I'm saying? Somebody could have drowned his ass. I mean, you never know. But, uh, you know, I was 55 years old. It was always sad to see uh, such talent, you know, just uh, wiped out like that. But uh, once again, on a sad note, uh, Johnny Kemp gone at 55. Uh, moving right along with uh, that, so righteous uh, TMZ's reporting, uh, Drake, you know what I'm saying, kissed by Madonna and not happy about it. And I repeat, Drake was kissed by Madonna and he is not happy about it. Now, you know, uh, I've done shows about Madonna. Matter of fact, a couple of shows ago, you know, I did about Madonna um, just being a has. Well, she's not a has-been. I mean, just with her shenanigans. Uh, you know, I talked about her and that's so righteous about uh, her shenanigans. Uh, is she too old for these shenanigans? Is she trying too hard now uh, to be relevant? Uh, we all know the iconic images Madonna has. She doesn't have to do any of these things. I talked about this on a couple of shows ago. Uh, about her uh, gyrating on stage, twerking on stage. This woman is almost 60 years old. And yet she had her heyday back in the uh, the, the 80s, in the 90s, when that stuff was, was considered uh, sexy to, to to some men. It might be still sexy to some men now. But is it still sexy when you're 60 years old, ma? And she's continuing with these uh, shenanigans. Uh, even at Coachella, uh, she calls herself kissing Drake. She tried to tongue kiss him on the stage, and Drake was disgusted by it. it looked like he was about to throw up. Uh, this is a TMZ reporting. Drake fulfilled every young man's fantasy uh, when he got a chance to uh, to kiss Madonna on stage. Uh, you know, like the story is here is, is losing me, but uh, let's see if I can bring it back up. Yeah, Drake fulfilled every young man's fantasy in 1985, that is, of making out with Madonna. But it's 2015. And he looked disgusted by the whole thing. Madge, who they call Madonna, made a guest appearance Sunday night at Coachella during Drake's set. She did a few songs and then went in for the prolonged kiss as Drizzy just sat there. Now, this is, uh, you can go to uh, TMZ on the website and just look at the video of this thing if you already have seen it. Uh, check it out. It sure looks staged. In fact, Madonna recently said in one of her dreams in life was going on a date with Drake and kissing him. That said, he sure looks disgusted afterwards. Now, in the video, it shows uh, Drake. He was sitting in a chair. I think Madonna uh, sung a few songs. And then uh, she leaned in and uh, kind of pulled Drake's head back and gave him a kiss, uh, stuck her tongue down in his mouth. And uh, Drake looked like he wanted to throw up after the kiss. Now, I don't know if it's because Drake is a little fag. Maybe he's used to kissing men. I don't know. But, uh, you know, you know, a lot of those cats, man, you know, they, they go both ways, you know. But still. Was he looking like that because he was just disgusted by a 60-year-old woman, almost 30 years old, and uh, trying to tug kiss him? Or could it have been Madonna's breath probably stung? Her breath probably smelled like pure T-rat shit. Uh, Madonna, once again, I talked about her a couple of shows ago, how she lied on Tupac. Uh, said she used to date Pop, which is a total uh, fucking fabrication. Uh, you're lying on a man who's been dead 20 years. 
that right there struck a low blow with me. I have no respect for Madonna. I think, you know, uh, she's past her time. She needs to just be a grandmother and take care of those kids she's adopted and uh, just, you know, kind of, you know, settle on down, you know, do some philanthropic work, uh, philanthropic work or whatever the fuck that is. Uh, do like uh, Brad and Angelina doing. Uh, you know, she's uh, had an astronomical career. So why all these sexual shenanigans? You want to sit here and tongue kiss a man who's almost 30 years younger than you on stage at Coachella. And the, the man looked at disgusted. He looked like he was throwing up in his mouth. So, Madonna, this is another one, Madonna, another one of your, uh, I would say, blunders or shenanigans that is really disgusting now. All this, uh, you know, the erotic things, the sexual things, it was, you know, it was sexy back in the, in the mid to late 80s, ma. It was sexy back then. It was sexy all the way up until the mid-90s. I know Madonna had the Vogue era where she was doing the, uh, the movie Truth or Dare and all that type of shit. And she was running around like with Dennis Rodman and shit like that. You know, the shit might have been sexy back then, 25, 30 years ago. But we talk about 2015. Madonna's a 60-year-old woman down there. And you're trying to tongue kiss Drake on stage, and Drake is throwing up in his mouth. You see the type of bitches that Drake be after, bitches like Nicki Minaj and other bitches like that. Why the fuck would he want a 60-year-old, uh, and I'm not even going to use race as an example, whether it's a white woman or a 60-year-old black woman. I mean, I just seen an article, Thelma from Good Times. She just turned, she's in her 60s. I wouldn't want Thelma from Good Times. Don't give me for shit. And she was fine as hell back in the day. So, Madonna, this is just another, uh, what I would say, more evidence to prove that, yo, she's whacked out. You know what I'm saying? She's scared of old age. She still wants to be that little 25 or 30-year-old uh, uh, sex kitten she was back in the late 80s, early 90s. I mean, the time has passed by. And clearly, uh, most men that uh, are in this new era here, well, I would say in generation, in that cyber generation, and um, maybe uh, I would say, I wouldn't say Generation X. Yeah, well, I would say a few Generation Xers and cyber generationists find this uh, quite disgusting, including Drake himself. I, I would like to interview Drake and find out why he was looking like that. Was it because Madonna spit in his mouth? I don't know if she looked like she tried to tongue him, but her breath stank. Her breath probably smelled like hot shit. You see the pictures here. She got uh, fucking crow's feet. She has fucking wrinkles all, you know, around her fucking underarms and shit. Uh, skin just flabbing. Bitch done had so much work. It's ridiculous. And you're sitting here tongue kissing Drake on stage. And the man looked like he's about to throw up in his mouth afterwards. I mean, that was just, uh, you know, I'm just going to move on. Madonna, you know, hang it the fuck out, please. Uh, moving right along, uh, right to social news. Uh, we have uh, American Idol news. And I happen to... You know, I haven't really been watching American Idol uh, this season. I've watched it last season. Um, to me, I'm surprised the show is even still running, but they continue to reinvent themselves, and Fox continues uh, to make a go at this show. Um, I think the last time I really watched it with intensity was when Mariah Carey and her Nicki Minaj was on there going at it, and I only lasted for one season. But anyway, uh, things got a little icy on American Idol Wednesday night. After a mostly well-received rendition of Lenny Kravitz, are you going to go my way? Season 14 contestant Quentin Alexander appeared visibly upset. When asked by host Ryan Seacrest why he looked so tense, Alexander, who's 21 years old, said it was whack. That two amazing vocalists, including his best friend, Joey Cook, were in danger of being eliminated. Ryan Seacrest, was 40, did his best to defuse the situation before sending Alexander backstage. But Judge Harry Connick Jr. felt the need to address Alexander's comments. 
Let me stop right there. Now, uh, if you didn't see the last Wednesday's episode of Idol, I think the guy, uh, Quentin Alexander, guy from New Orleans, uh, he looks like one of those uh, rocker-type dudes. Uh, you know, he kind of looks like Lenny Kravitz. He's got the little fucking ring in his nose and fucking, uh, uh, you know, fucking Afro-type head. I think Lenny Kravitz is pretty much his idol. He did a little uh, song to rend- rend- rendition to him. And, uh, you know, his, his homeboys are sitting up there on the elimination seat. His homeboy and his homegirl sitting up there. He was just like, yo, this is what? He said that after, uh, I think, you know, the judges was critiquing his performance. And uh, they was like, what's whack? And uh, he was like, well, you know, two of my best friends up here, two of the best vocalists that I know are sitting up here about to get eliminated. This is whack. So, you know, the guy kind of, they sent him off. Ryan Seacrest tried to, you know, calm the dude down and send him off stage or whatever. Now, mind you, this is a live show. You know, this is a live hearing. It's no videotape right here. Everything's going on live on Fox. And uh, the cat was definitely physically upset. But uh, let me go on here with this uh, article. Did we go to commercial? Harry Connick Jr., who's 47 years old, said, uh, asked Chris before calling Alexander's whack comment disrespectful. When I said that was whack, I wasn't saying Idol was whack. Alexander approached the judge's table and explained, yeah, yeah, I get it, said Keith Urban. But Connick Jr. was still not appeased. What's whack, he asked. It's a competition. For my personal feelings, it sucks to see two people who I've grown to love go home. That's why I mean saying it was whack. So I'm not disrespecting this competition. Alexander responded, eliciting cheers and applause from the audience. By the way, we support you a lot. And a lot of people love you and want to see you get some votes. And then it goes on and go on and go on, you know what I'm saying, about Harry Connick. But anyway, Harry Connick Jr., he's one of the judges on American Idol. And uh, this guy's 47 years old. Uh, this is probably the, the second season he's been doing this gig here on Idol. Uh, the guy's whack. You know what I'm saying? He's a whack white dude. I mean, I never listened to any of his music. I guess he's made a lot of money in the music industry singing the type of music he sings. I don't listen to his shit. I, I never heard a motherfucker until he got on American Idol, to be honest with you. And uh, he wants to sit here. This young kid, 21 years old, uh, emotions are running high on American Idol because you're performing. And uh, you want to do well. He wants to see his friends do well. And Harry Connick said, well, hey, man, you're disrespecting this competition. You're pretty much biting the hand that feeds you. Because Fox gives you this uh, opportunity. Why are you biting the hand that feeds you? And so this guy, Alexander, just steps up to uh, kind of to the judge's table. He walked over from behind stage and went up there like he was about to slap uh, Harry Topic Jr. in his face. I thought he was about to hit the motherfucker. And, uh, you know, this guy, Quentin Alexander, I mean, shouts out to him. I see a lot of passion. I see a lot of passion in, in what he does. He really wants to succeed. And he's uh, really uh, passionate about his craft as far as singing. But, uh, you know what I'm saying, it looked like his emotions got the best of him that night. And, he, you know, he damn near approached that judge's table like he wanted to slap the shit out of Harry Connick Jr. I mean, they almost had to hold him back. And he had to sit Harry Connick straight to say, hey, I'm not saying Ida was whack. I'm saying it's whack that two of my best friends in this competition are about to get eliminated. And they're some super vocalists. Now, my shout out to Harry, uh, I don't shout out Harry Connick Jr., you know what I'm saying? I think you're a fucking fag. I think you're a fag. I think Keith Irvin's a fucking fag. And my, you know, and the way I look at it like this, these kids are going to get emotional. You know what I'm saying? For you to tell this man that he's, biting, that he's biting the hand that feeds him like Fox is just feeding this nigga, man, fuck you. That man talent could take him anywhere. It's just blessed that he was blessed to get on Idol as a vehicle to showcase his talent. But uh, you know, if this man stays right, if this man stays in line with the father and, and uh, be down with Jesus Christ, he can get anywhere to uh, expose his talent. He don't necessarily need Idol to make him a star, is what I'm saying. 
So for Harry Connick Jr. to say that he's biting the hand that feed him because he felt like uh, two of his best friends about to get eliminated was whack. Man, fuck you, Harry Connick. Fuck you, Harry Connick Jr. That's all I got to say. You know what I'm saying? I never heard of you until this show. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? I guess he sold me the records. Uh, you know, I guess uh, he's on another genre of music. Uh, other races listen to him. But I haven't heard too many uh, the black men talking about him. And I just saw a scene that was real uh, suspicious that he was saying it to a black kid out in New Orleans. If it had been one of the white boys up there saying that, he probably wouldn't have said that. You understand what I'm saying? So who are you, Harry Connick Jr., think you could talk to black kids like this who trying to make uh, make their dreams come true when they say that something is whack? He said it was whack because he felt his friends were better vocalists than what they were. And for you to sit here, man, try to you try to disrespect that man on national TV. You're lucky that man he slapped you. I'm going to tell you, uh, Quentin Alexander shouts out to you, man. You definitely hold your emotions right there. Because if it had been me, I'd slap the shit out of him and got kicked off the competition. And, uh, you know, I'm, I am a man, uh, you know, I'm a man of God, you know what I'm saying? But if it would have been me, that, uh, you know, that cat, Kiefer, would have been uh, saying that shit about me, uh, getting talking reckless. I probably went over there and slapped the shit out in front of Ryan Seacrest. But later on, Jennifer Lopez and the rest of them tried to uh, defuse the situation. But, uh, yeah, I definitely happened to, I happened to see that episode live, matter of fact. But, uh, yeah, that's that's So Righteous for tonight. Uh, like I said, if you have any uh, stories that you think is worthy of that So Righteous, you can always email me on uh, RighteousHustleRadio at YML.com. That is uh, RighteousHustleRadio at YML.com. But uh, let's get down to the topic for tonight. I'm going to run over. I was going to talk about... um. You know, you have two bodies, two, uh, a flesh body and a spiritual body, and I'll break that down for you. But I decided to go another route tonight. But uh, the show's topic tonight will be subliminal messages in music. That's right. There are subliminal messages planted in music, and they are influencing you in a negative way. And our guest tonight, man calls himself the Black Diamond. Uh, he's been on Jimmy Kimmel. Uh, he's been on countless other uh, TV shows uh, showcasing the fact that he sings Neil Diamond songs. And he also has a special announcement to make tonight. So he's going to stop by. Uh, definitely going to play one of his gigs. It's a first for Righteous Hustle uh, because we never had this type of guest. But Righteous Hustle has all kind of guests. We don't just uh, stick to one genre of music or, you know, or one type of uh, talent. It's like whatever you're trying to do in this industry or if you're making, you know, if you're, you know, making waves in this industry, we're going to showcase you. That's what Righteous Hustle is all about. So he calls himself the Black Diamond. Uh, he sings Neil Diamond songs. He has one of his songs, I believe, uh, Sweet Caroline. Uh, I think it's a Neil Diamond rendition. And we're going to talk to him and uh, find out what his uh, big announcement is going to be, uh, where he's been. You know, definitely, uh, it's the first for the righteous social nation. So I'm going to open up the phone lines in the chat room. The number is uh, the call in is 646-716-8584. That's 646-716-8584. And now let's get to this topic of tonight. I wanted to touch briefly on uh, subliminal messages in the music. And uh, there are 10 songs that have hidden messages played in reverse. Did you know that these recording artists uh, that you love so much and you love their music so much, do you know that some of them, if not all of them, uh, are forced to put subliminal messages in them to uh, influence the masses? Do you know what your children are listening to? Do you know what you listen to? I know back in the days when I used to listen to rap. Well, I still listen to rap. I'm a hip-hop head. And that's why I don't like what's going on with the music and hip-hop today. But I believe, man, maybe some of that music that came out that I was listening to when I was a teenager, you know what I'm saying, back in that Tupac era, uh, that West Coast era, that East Coast, West Coast era, uh, maybe a lot of that shit has subliminal messages in them uh, to 
caused me to do some of the things that I was doing as a, you know, as a, you know, as a youth. And I, you know, uh, like I said, I've done a lot of, uh, you know, fucked up things, uh, part of my French. But you know, we're trying to right that ship right now. But you kind of wonder what is being said in these messages and these in these songs. You know what I'm saying? I'm not saying not to listen to these songs, but you got to kind of have something to uh, to battle against that. And that's the word of God. You got to have the daily diet of the word of God. But let's, uh, you know what I'm saying, check this out. For years, non-metal people have been accusing various metal bands of influencing their flock with hidden messages that could only be heard by playing the vinyl backwards. Overnight, this backmasking became a threat to national security, especially after Dan Rather played clips of hidden messages on CBS Evening News back in 1982. Led Zeppelin and Pink Floyd were also implicated in promoting satanic messages that can manipulate our behavior without our knowledge or consent and turn us into disciples of the Antichrist. Furious politicians demanded that TGY and Woolworths and the grandparents of Walmart place warning labels on these records. So here's a list of some of the more infamous backmasking messages for your not-so-virgin ears. And uh, this is... um. I'm trying to give you the source here because I always got to cite my sources here this season. Uh, this is uh, coming out of uh, the Dallas Observer. Uh, you can, uh, you know, look up the Dallas Observer and check out these videos and these stories that show you exactly what was being said in these songs. Uh, Led Zeppelin's song, hit song, Hair, uh, Stairway to Heaven. When my best friend played this record backwards, I was 14, and seducing his sister in his parents' bedroom. This geary crackling helped to set the mood. But when the words, here's to my sweet Satan, echoed through the speakers. I thought he said Santa and started to laugh and ruined the mood. I hated this song for years. That was somebody reporting on the Led Zeppelin song. Then there's another song, rock group, uh, Sticks, called Snowblind. If you play this song backwards for about 33 minutes, you'll finally understand the hidden message. Satan moves through our voices. Yet it still didn't move me to buy the band's album. And here's another report about the Beatles. And the Beatles were big for backmasking. When I say what backmasking is, what it is is basically a recording a song or backwards and uh, putting the message in the song. But it's uh, you have to play it in reverse to hear the message. You have to have some type of a, a like a audio type software to break it down or be in a recording studio to break it down. But it's some real slick shit these musicians musicians be doing. But anyway, the Beatles. Their song Revolution Nine. During my backmasking heyday. I played my aunt's Beatles album backwards just for the hell of it. So imagine my surprise when I heard, turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man, turn me on, dead man. Talk about scary. I still shiver when I hear Paul McCartney's voice. And it talks about uh, another song by Slayer, Hell Awaits. Slayer didn't need to jump on the bad masking backwagon, and I didn't need to listen to their hidden message join us over and over to purchase their 1985 album. I was hooked as soon as Kerry King raked his pick across the strings of his demonic guitar. And it goes on to talk about, uh, you know, other songs here, but, uh, you know, right now I'm going to get to what the gist of this whole thing is. If it was like that, about 30 years ago, these, uh, and these are some hit records, man. These are some, what they call musical masterpieces by, uh, what they call Sticks and by uh, Led Zeppelin. And uh, I'm not really into rock music, but I do know uh, when one of these rock songs are what they call musical masterpieces when they've, uh, you know, shattered the Billboard records. And a lot of these songs are great uh, albums that have sold millions of records. Make these guys buku rich, and they're still eating off that wealth today. 
But these songs have subliminal messages in them. And most of the messages are the worship Satan, uh, uh, messages considering death, messages considering uh, smoking marijuana, uh, messages considering getting high and doing strange drugs. Most of the messages are very satanic in nature. They want to get you to uh, to worship it, to do devil worship, to do spiritual marriages, to marry in with the Antichrist. And this is the big deception, folks. The stuff is in your music. It's in there backwards. I think uh, one of Jigger's songs, man, if you play backwards, it said, uh, you know, uh, you know, fuck Yeshua, fuck Jesus. You know what I'm saying? On one of his songs, if it's played back, what you hear. So this is no joke. Matter of fact, this stuff made the evening news. Dan Rather report on this back in 1982 when Led Zeppelin uh, put that in their songs, that old uh, worship Satan stuff in their songs. So this stuff is real, folks. And if it was like that 30 years ago, imagine what they're putting in these songs today. Only thing I'm saying is when you listen to any type of music, and it's not just the rock music, it's the rap, R&B, and you can enjoy these songs, but at the same time, what I'm saying is you've got to have uh, a steady diet of, of, of reading your Bible every day to be able to combat that shit, to override that shit, because if you're not, uh, you know, going to church, if you're not reading your Bible, at least, you know, a couple of scriptures a day, or listening to maybe the Bible on CD or the Bible on tape, or just getting a daily, a daily uh, diet of the Word in you, then this stuff is going to be in your spirit. This stuff is going to get into your subconscious. It's going to get into your spirit, and it's going to lead you into witchcraft. It's going to lead you into devil worship. And if you look at a lot of the people who, a lot of white folks, and I, I don't even want to put it down to race, but it is race in a way, because a lot of people who listen to these Led Zeppelins and all this rock music are white, or of uh, other uh, ethnic backgrounds. It's not too many of us listen to that type of music, but still we're poisoned. Our people are poisoned by the hip-hop and what's put into hip-hop and R&B. Matter of fact, the first marriage between hip-hop and our, and our rap music came back in the 80s when uh, Run DMC did a song, Walk This Way, with Aerosmith. You know what I'm saying? This is going to be a two-part series on this thing because I don't have enough time to cover everything I want to cover right here because, you know, we have the Black Diamond coming on. I want to get ready for him. But I'm going to end part one of this by saying, check your music, B. Do your research. Do you think this music is making you feel a certain type of way? And why? Can they be subliminal messages to worship Satan in these songs? If so, you might want to start reading your Bible a little bit more to start to combat that stuff. You understand what I'm saying? But let's see, man. We're going to continue up this next week. It'll be part two of our subliminals of music. I'm going to take a short break, and when I come back, we have uh, the Black Diamonds waiting in the wings. Uh, this is Righteous Hustle Radio with the King. And uh, here's a little tribute to the late Johnny Kemp, who died at 55. We'll be right back after the break with the Black Diamond.
Yo, yo, Rebecca Righteous Hustle Radio. That was uh, Johnny Kemp, the late Johnny Kemp, with I Just Got Paid. Uh, that song, like I said, gr- uh, nominated for a Grammy back in 89, produced by Teddy Riley uh, back in those new Jack Swing days. Sad story about uh, Johnny Kemp uh, found dead floating in the water in Jamaica at 55. But uh, now let's get down to the matter at hand. Our guest tonight uh, calls himself the Black Diamond. Uh, he's been on uh, Jimmy Kimmel and countless other shows, uh, showing off his talent for singing Neil Diamond songs. And if you don't know who Neil Diamond is, then maybe you've been under a rock. You know what I'm saying? But uh, without further, further ado, Righteous Hustle, I'd like to introduce you, Black Diamond. What's up, yo? Hey, brother. Thanks a lot for having me on. And uh, it's great to be here. Yeah, yeah, no doubt, no doubt. Anybody who, uh, who out there listening, at the sound of my voice, if you want to call in and ask the Black Diamond the question, the number is uh, 646-716-8584. Now, uh, you know, you came to my attention. Uh, it's kind of interesting here. Um, you know, tell us who you are. Tell the Righteous Nation who you are. 
Yeah, sure. Um, well, I uh, first of all, I think uh, who's the sing- who is the singer dot com because that's who uh, sort of connected us to each other. And they, we found I found who is the singer dot com a few couple months ago, and uh, it's just been an amazing it's an amazing uh, group of people and website that they have over there. I I encourage anyone who is an aspiring singer or or an accomplished or established singer or entertainer or musician to go check out that website. It's great promotion for you and your act and great um, publicity. But uh, I do a, I do a Neil Diamond uh, tribute show for uh, the past 15 years called the black diamond experience. And um, uh, I'm a, a black man, African-American so uh that was sort of the um hook and um and also where the name came from for my show uh but i have traveled all around the country uh singing uh, the music of the uh legendary icon who is known worldwide as neil diamond okay you know why why do you like neil diamond so much i mean um like i said me personally uh you know i haven't really listened, i mean i know who neil diamond is uh can't really say truthfully I'm a fan of his work and never really listen to his songs. Uh, you know, I do need to try to uh, listen to more genres than I do. But uh, why yeah. Neil Diamond? I mean, there's a bunch of other white singers out there. Yeah, well, and it wasn't even about so much. The, that's the whole thing is um, I think I've told this story so many times, but I think that people really do believe I'm kind of making it up when I say that um, I was, as, a, as a kid growing up, I, my dad was in the army, so my dad was a career uh, military guy for 26 years, and so I grew up in the army. And um, I we traveled all over the country, and and even to overseas. I lived in, I went to first grade in Germany, and um, so I would go to the the. I was raised in the church and uh, Church of Christ specifically, which is not known for having, which is known for not having instrumental music. You won't see a piano or a, an organ or a, a band in a Church of Christ. It's usually all a cappella. And it was there that, as like an eleven year old, uh, the um, the it was a predominantly white church, and the ladies would hear me singing "How Great Thou Art" or "Amazing Grace" or whatever we were singing. And turn around and say, "Do you realize you sound like Neil Diamond?" So I didn't even know who Neil Diamond was. I thought he was a white guy that went to my church in West Virginia or Missouri, and um, so it's actually really just my natural voice. I think that people believe I try to sound like Neil Diamond or I try to emulate him, but that's not the case at all. It was this happened before I even knew who he was. Okay, very interesting. So tell us, what projects do you have out now that you're working on? Like, what have you been on uh, recently? You know, what do you have on right now? First of all, let me just say that I think it's proof that God has a great sense of humor. Because, you know, when you think about it, Greg, he gave this voice to a white Jewish guy from Brooklyn, New York, named Neil Diamond. And a few years later, he gave it to a short, black, bald-headed dude from Charleston, West Virginia. And if that's not proof that God has a sense of humor, I don't know what is. And so it wasn't so much that I – to answer your question of earlier, it wasn't so much that I chose Neil Diamond out of all the white guys out there in music. It's almost as if Neil Diamond chose me because he came before me. I'm, you know, know, much younger than – you know, I'm younger than him. So – it was kind of like he he found me more than than I found him, but uh, 
But uh, lots of stuff going on. Uh, I'm really excited uh, this coming Thursday, April the 23rd. I'll be singing uh, for at the birthday party of a man named Manuel who is turning uh, 83 years old. And if you don't really, I should say 83 years young, actually. And if you don't know Manuel, you should uh, your listeners should Google him. He's a fashion designer. Uh, really, he's more of a tailor here in Nashville. Um, but he has, and he's been designing clothes for stars for probably 60 years. He has designed the Jackson 5. He has dressed since they were little kids. He dressed Diana Ross in the Supremes. He's dressed Elvis Presley. He's dressed uh, the Rolling Stones, the Beatles, Marlon Brando, Salvador Dali. It just goes on and on and on with him. Stevie Wonder. And he dresses the Black Diamond. And so his birthday is coming up. And there's a big party here in Nashville for him. And I am so excited to have been invited to uh, be one of the performers. They have several bands coming in that day to uh, that evening to sing for him. And, uh, and I'm one of them. So that's what I have coming up right off, uh, off bat. And, you know, as far as where I've been, man, I've, 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 it's been such a wild ride these past 15 years. Um, I must tell you, uh, it's, uh, I've gotten to do and see things that I would have never expected as a kid that I would do sing for, I sang for a guy that was running for president of the United States. I, I've, uh, been on national television. Oh, which, which one was it? I think for John Kerry. Candidate. John Kerry. John Kerry. Uh huh. Yes, and it was really funny because he uh, he's a big Neil Diamond fan, and um, so I changed the lyric "Sweet Caroline" to uh, "Sweet Carrie Line." Get it? And he, my my understanding is at the time he didn't know I was performing. He he was kind of backstage waiting to come out and make his uh, speech uh, with the Carrie Edwards ticket. And he heard me and they said that um, later on one of his secret service or one of his aides told me that he turned to the um, secret service people and said, how do we get, uh, how do we get Neil Diamond to, to this rally? It was a, you know, political rally. And, um, they just let him think it was Neil Diamond, and then he heard me sing Sweet Carrie line, and they said he just got giddy as a teenage schoolboy and said, oh, my gosh, he's, Neil Diamond is personalizing the song to me until he walked out and saw the Black Diamond. <laughs> and he was pretty shocked. Uh, okay, okay, that's a pretty, pretty, uh, pretty wild story right there, you know what I'm saying? Uh, one thing I didn't know, that he was from my Brooklyn. I mean, I'm from Brooklyn, so uh, I guess shouts out there. You know, like I said, I mean, a lot of things you learn, you don't know of. I mean, uh, so the guy's from yeah. Brooklyn, huh? Yeah, Neil is from, he's born and raised in Brooklyn. And I got to tell you, as you as you start to dig into him, if I would encourage you to, you will learn some things that are pretty mind-blowing. And, you know, he's a very prolific uh, songwriter, very prolific entertainer, one of the best that there is out there in the world ever of all time. And um, he's written music that when people tell me, well, I don't know any Neil Diamond songs, I, I really kind of just look at them and go, actually, yes, you do. And I can almost guarantee you every time I can name something that when I tell them, they go, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? He wrote that. For example, um, let's go with you, Greg. So, did he make a um, holy, holy moly or something like that? Did he make what? 
Well, it was some song, I forget the name of it, like, uh, I want to say, uh, Holy Moly or something like that. Well, you might be thinking of Brother Love's Traveling Salvation Show, which is kind of like a, got this tent revival feel to, you know, the old t- uh, church tent revivals, and it kind of has that holy roly feel to it. But let me think. Let me tell you a song that I have a feeling you're going to be surprised to learn that is a Neil Diamond song that he wrote. So you know UB40, is that correct? Yeah, I heard of him. You know who UB40 is, right? Yeah, I heard a group. Are they a rock group or something like that? No, UB40 is kind of reggae. They were they're kind of Bob Marley influenced. Mm-hmm. Okay, yeah. well, he sing one of these songs. He wrote their biggest hit song, which is a song called they do called uh, "Red Red Wine." Oh yeah, I remember Red. Okay, Red Red Wine. Okay, yeah, yeah. Okay, so he wrote that. Red huh? Red Wine, you make me feel so fine. You keep me rocking yeah. all of the time. Red Red Wine. That's a Neil Diamond song. Hmm. <laughs> gotcha. I tell you, see what I mean? He's he's very prolific, and and like everybody has covered his his songs, and he was extremely influenced um, by, um, if you dig into his biography, you'll see that some of his strongest influences were Harry Belafonte, um, and his two biggest influences were Harry Belafonte and um, Fats Domino. I know that. He's worth looking into. He's not. He's not really just a white singer. He's. He's. He's so much. Uh, he's so much more than that. His music really kind of transcends race and uh, class level. Uh, it, it really does, and and that's why I love doing what I do as the Black Diamond because people that might not might normally not listen to Neil Diamond will kind of come listen, listen to the Black Diamond, and they'll always leave going, you got to be kidding me. I, I had no idea. I am so impressed. And it just speaks to how we can kind of section ourselves off in life and kind of listen to this thing or associate with that thing but not associate with that over there, and we don't really know what we're missing. You You had no idea he wrote Red Red Wine, which is a very, very popular song. Exactly, you know what I'm saying? Uh, definitely have to, uh, you know, uh, what they say, cross over sometime and, uh, you know, listen to different things. You know, that's how you be a well-rounded person. And like I said, uh, righteous also, uh, you know, we don't just uh, put ourselves in a box to just one particular type of uh, right. guest or one particular type of music. I mean, I've had uh, some pop artists on this show, of, uh, not only just artists, I've had writers, I've had people that written books, have you written a book yourself? I've had an uh, ex-born star on this show, I've even had a preacher on this show. So, uh, mm-hmm. I mean, like I said, I definitely run the gambit as far as it comes to guests. But uh, get back here, you know, with you. Uh, tell uh, the listeners who may want to listen to this show in the archives or whenever it's done, uh, where can they find you? Where can they find your work? Where can they find your songs and stuff like that? Uh, yeah, definitely. There's a, there is a website uh, for me. It's uh, Black Diamond Vocals. Uh, plural with an S at the end dot com, and there's all kinds of information about me and how to contact me on there. And of, of course, I have the other social media uh, things, uh, Instagram and uh, which is uh, Black Neil Diamond, and Twitter, which is uh, Black Diamond Show minus the W. Uh, so they can get a hold of me there, and um, 
send me an email or you know say hi. <laughs> book book the show. Okay, that's what's up. That's what's up. Okay, sweet Caroline, this song we're about to play. Uh, you know, just tell us how this came about. Sweet Caroline, um, you're you're going to play my rendition of it. I think uh, is what I believe you have, but. Uh, it's a song that uh, Neil Diamond basically wrote um, about uh, Caroline Kennedy, uh, President Kennedy's daughter. And um, he wrote it very quickly, you know, which is probably every made every singer or every songwriter in the world hate him because, you know, I think every songwriter's dream is to write that, that one song that captivates the world and, and to write it in 15 or 20 minutes. And that's what happened with Sweet Caroline. Um, you know, they play it at Fenway Park in Boston at every uh, Boston Red Sox home game because Caroline Kennedy is from Boston. Uh, but that's who the song is about. And that's how, and it's just one of those feel-good, and I should say it didn't make every singer or songwriter hate him. It probably made them love them and probably him and probably inspired them to write a great song like that. But it's um, – I was joking, but it's just a great sing-along song, and whenever we play it in the show, my band and I, uh, the audience just goes absolutely nuts. And I have a full like 13-piece band led by a guy named Jeff Flanagan, who has backed Frankie Valley, and in fact, in just a few weeks, we'll be playing for Aretha Franklin. He'll be backing her on a trumpet, uh, and... Uh, they really get into it on stage, and so the audience goes nuts. But it's just a great feel-good sing-along song that Neil Diamond wrote. Um, All right, check this out. Without any further ado, go ahead and introduce this song for the people. Ladies and gentlemen, the Black Diamond doing Sweet Caroline. Where it began I can't begin to know it But then I know it's growing strong Was in the spring Then spring became the summer Who'd have believed she'd come along Hands Touching hands Reaching out Touching me And touching you Sweet Caroline Good times never seem so good been inclined to believe they never would but now I I look at the night and it don't seem so lonely we fill it up with only two and when I heard Hurting runs off my shoulder How can I hurt when holding you? 
warm Oh, oh, touching warm Reaching out Touching me And touching you Sweet Caroline Good times never seem so good I've been inclined To believe they never would Oh no, no Yes, I had to believe they never would. One more time, sweet Caroline. Good times never seem so good. And I've been inclined to believe they never rendition of uh, Neil Diamond's uh, Sweet Caroline. Uh, you heard it first. Uh, you know, definitely, uh, I heard that song before, matter of fact, I think uh, one year, I think, uh, you know, like I said, I check out American Idol from time to time. I think last season it did the Neil Diamond week, uh, the Neil mm-hmm. Diamond tribute, I believe it was. I think one yeah. of the contestants was uh, uh, covering his songs, whatever I think they did. I think I heard that song on American Idol being covered uh, by one of the Idol uh, hopefuls. Uh, so uh, yeah, yeah, you know you're right. You know every time you do hear a song, you you know they will uh, come back to mind. You have heard it somewhere before. You might not know who was singing it, but uh, yeah, you know what I'm saying good job on that rendition. Oh, thank you very much. I had a lot of fun. I love doing I love doing that song in particular because, as I said, it's just such a feel good song, and the whole audience uh, kind of gets into it, and everyone sings along. My cousin uh, Scott Mayo is a uh, uh, he's out. He's now the head horn player on Dancing with the Stars on ABC Television's Dancing with the Stars. But he was uh, once the play saxophone on American Idol, and he said that they had Neil Diamond on. So they and they had a, a Neil Diamond week, uh, or a Neil Diamond night, where all of the contestants on the show sang um, sang Neil's uh, Neil's music. So. Yeah, we got a quick caller right here coming out at 304, uh, you know what I'm saying? Uh, you're on Righteous Social Radio. Uh, how you doing? Doing great. Hey, uh, what's your name? I, I'm Dave. I'm the bass player. <laughs> okay, you're from the okay, yeah, you're from the band there. How you doing, man? <laughs> doing fantastic. I'm here with Flanagan, too. This guy, those okay, guys are bad cool. news, you know? <laughs> no, that's Dave Hudnell actually, and uh, he does play bass in the Black Diamond Experience. He's a he's a killer killer guitarist, uh, as is Jeff Flanagan, who you heard me um, mention or allude to just a few minutes ago. 
And uh, Jeff really put this these got this band together. Uh, I got to tell you, Greg, on a very short notice, he had about a month to bring together some 13 musicians and have them learn some 32 Neil Diamond songs. And they had no charts from which to learn them. I just sent them YouTube video clips. And we had to do, we were doing a show in which we were the headline entertainers in front of some 30,000 people. And this band, including Dave Hudnell, who's uh, calling in right now, they knocked it, knocked that show out of the ballpark. So, well, I, I'm no, one of the luckiest guys. It's awesome. Hey, yeah, I'm very, very lucky. Thanks for remembering my name. <laughs> so, <laughs> so here's the story on oh, that, Greg. I frequently on stage forget his name. So, you know, I will be on stage and I'll introduce the whole band. But because he's kind of far, kind of behind me, there's been a couple of times, not every time, but a couple of times where – I'll be going into the next song after I introduce the band, and someone will tap me on the shoulder and go, what about Dave Hudnall? Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, and on bass, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, that's that's the read. That's his story. I guess he's going to stick to it. <laughs> All right, well, listen, listen up here, you guys. Uh, we're going to go into the segment of the show uh, called Chime In. And what I mean by Chime In, uh, we always have our guests to come in to chime in on the topic of the night. Uh, what they heard of the topic, uh, you know, uh, Diamond, I don't know if, uh, you know, how much of the topic that you heard. Uh, uh, did you hear about our topic of the night, about subliminal messages in music, or what you thought about yeah. it? Yeah, I did hear that. Um, first of all, rest in peace, Johnny Kemp, by the way. I, I yes. love yes. 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 that him and I love that song. Um, I've, You know, it's always been interesting to me, that whole concept of subliminal messages. I remember they... Uh, they there was a Beatles song they said if you played it backwards it there was some uh, subliminal message in in there. Actually, I think think I heard it. <laughs> I think somebody actually tried it on me, and I I said yeah I can hear it. I I think it's awful if that's the case. Um, I just don't see just put them just be straightforward. Put the music out. Put out good quality music, and uh, say whatever it is you want to say, and let people decide for themselves if they want to consume your product you know there's no reason to hide something or i just think that sneaky and sneakiness and hiding and deception are never good illusion right, well, it's good. all it, it's all uh what they call a, ploy, a satanic ploy to get the listeners of the masses to uh get into devil worship and uh since you've been in the music industry and uh your matriculation through the industry uh have you uh ever seen any of this or heard of uh, occultism, uh, being married in with the music, and people uh, yeah, needing to I, get deals with yeah, like demonic probably, acts and yeah, I probably have come across uh, musicians in my in my journey uh, as the Black Diamond over the years who uh, were um, into that sort of thing. Um, I myself personally kind of just steer away from it. I don't. Um, you know, I, I I make it clear to them that that's just not my thing, and I'm not into devil worship, first of all, by any stretch of the imagination. And um, uh, so uh, I'm not really – I have definitely seen it in uh, musicians probably that I've worked, worked with or different bands that I've been on a bill with, I should say, never anybody in my organization, but it's not something I agree with at all. So you do you do admit that this thing is real out there. This is not just some theory made up that uh you speaking as a musician yourself who is I'm sure you met 
uh, quite a few people that's uh, out there in the industry that this does go on. Uh, I mean, uh, I oh yeah, want you to, uh, to say that to the righteous nation that this does go on. That this is for real. Yeah, it is real, and I, it would be, I think, naive of any of us to uh, to say that it wasn't because it, it is there. And you know, I think there's a way that, again, I if that's how a person wants to express themselves. I can't really stop them or tell them not to, but it's you know I say to the consumer just be aware of what you're what you're consuming, be aware of what you're um, listening to, be aware of what you're absorbing, be aware of what you're buying, you know. Right, and, and that's uh, exactly uh, the message that uh, this broadcast tries to put out when we call righteous hustle. Uh, the, the mission is to uh, uh, well, definitely uh, finish the work that Tupac started or to kill Illuminati. Uh, with the blood of Jesus Christ, Yeshua Messiah, and to introduce to the masses, uh, you know, if you're going to, and plus, you know, I enjoy the hip-hop, R&B, uh, you know, alternative, I enjoy all types of music, but at the same time, I do get a steady dose of the Word of God. Uh, I read that Bible right. daily. So to combat right. the subliminal stuff that's coming in, you have to have something to combat that, where it won't drive you into doing witchcraft and burning candles and seeing psychics and all type of things of that nature. But uh, moving on to a different note, did you hear? Okay, we just touched on the Johnny Kemp incident, uh, found floating uh, down in Montego Bay in the water. Uh, like you said, that was a sad situation with that. Uh, do you think it was some foul play involved? You know, I haven't really heard enough about it. I just caught it in a, a, a blip in my news feed, I think, on them. Um, on Facebook, and so I haven't really had a chance to. It's been a crazy weekend for me. So I think it just happened like a couple of days ago, right? Right. Yeah. So I haven't really had a chance to um, go read the obituary, but I can tell you that um, it would be sad, definitely, if there were foul play involved. This was a, a guy who. That first of all, that was such a great song, and uh, I, I just remember that was the anthem for the weekend. Boy, back in the day, yeah, that, yeah, was, definitely, that was that was the signal that the weekend was here. It was time to let your hair down, or in my case, you know, take my ball cap off. I don't have any hair; I'm bald, <laughs> and go out and kick your heels up. And so, um, it's a sad loss that that he's uh, no longer here. All right, and uh, did you get a chance to hear uh, in that so righteous news about Madonna? Uh, what do you think about Madonna? Uh, do you think that she's uh, Really uh, trying too hard with these shenanigans, these uh, sexual shenanigans she does, uh, you know, basically on stage at Coachella. Uh, I think her and Drake were doing the set. Uh, she was singing, and then uh, Drake was sitting in the chair. She went and uh, basically tongue-kissed him, and then Drake looked like he wanted to throw up afterwards. Uh, do you think that Madonna uh, is pretty much uh, needs to quit these uh, sexual shenanigans? I mean, it was sexy back in the late 80s. Uh, it was even sexy maybe up until maybe 95-ish, you know, when she had the Vogue thing going and the Truth the Dare saga. Uh, now, you're there and 60 years old. Uh, you're trying to tongue-kiss a man 30 years younger than you. And I did a show on Madonna a couple of weeks ago about her lying on Tupac, say she used to date Pac. Uh, you're lying on a man who's been dead 20 years who can't really debunk what you're saying. Uh, I just think Madonna's needs to just hang these shenanigans. What do you think about this mess? So it's my opinion. Um, actually, you know what? Her I'm friends with Madonna's brother, Christopher, who who may be actually listening. He got, I sent him an invitation with the link. But I uh, I would say that there's something to aging gracefully 
and there there comes a point when I think it's okay to just accept the fact that you've accomplished you've been to the mountaintop and just accomplished it all, and you don't really have anything to prove, and you don't really have to uh, seek attention in in odd or, uh, you know, unusual. You don't have to do – you don't have to be provocative any longer because you're 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 already there. You know, she is a, a superstar. She's a music legend. She's in the history books for all times as one of the greatest contributors to uh, music that probably has ever lived. And so I think, though, that sometimes – as an entertainer or performer, a lot of us go into it just out of um, to combat insecurities that we may have within. And I don't think that those insecurities necessarily leave just because we turn 60 or 56 or, you know, I think they just are always there. And so sometimes we tend to try, we're constantly trying to quell them. And uh, we, we do these, all these little stunts that, uh, can can end up backfiring in in that in the case of the Drake and Madonna kiss at Coachella, uh, which I did see the video clip. Um, it appears to have backfired. Yeah, yeah, it did more to backfire. It was just straight disgusting. Uh, it's just like having your grandmother or a tongue kiss you in the mouth. Uh, just just uh, totally disgusting. And uh, and like I said, uh, I think Madonna's uh, behavior lately has been disgusting. You're kissing girls on stage. Uh, you're uh, you're twerking. Uh, Wearing, uh, you know, provocative clothing, you know, just be a grandmother, raise the adopted kids you have. Uh, you already, like you said, a legend. There's no need to be doing all this stuff. You know what I mean? And uh, yeah. like I just found it. Really, can, I found it a low blow where... two weeks ago when I did. Uh, let me just say this. I found it a low blow. I don't want to ask your opinion on this. I found it a real low blow uh, two weeks ago when you lied on two when she lied on Tupac. You say you dated a man and he he's been dead 20 years and the man can't even uh, defend himself against what you're saying. And even Howard Stern, when she said on the Howard Stern show, even he kind of looked like, uh, are you serious? Yeah. So, so what's your opinion on that? Again, I think that when you say something, uh, when you put a statement out, when you make a statement like that, the fair thing is that the person in question is also there to be able to respond. And uh, I think if they're not there, able to respond, and even if you did date Tupac or you didn't, um, if he's not there to be able to respond, then you you uh, shouldn't say it. I mean, it just shouldn't it shouldn't be out there because again, it's going to ignite a firestorm of uh, controversy, and that can end up backfiring. But you know, I think some. Celebrity, some stars, some performers, some entertainers, some musicians, some actors. Uh, just uh, as long as they're uh, being talked about, um, they're fine. I mean, it's uh, I I'm not personally of that ilk, but uh, although I do like being talked about, I got to tell you, I'm going to make a big announcement on your show here in a second. But I I don't think that um, I don't think that it's. You, there comes a point where you just don't have to be provocative. D- to make a statement like I did at Tupac, you know, 20 years ago, it, maybe she did, maybe she didn't, but what's the point in saying and telling us that now? Right, you know, just because you're an attention whore. You're an attention whore. It's, you want it's more to attention. draw attention to me, right. This is That statement is right. to draw attention to me, and Tupac really isn't here to, to say whether you did or didn't date him. So, there's no reason to really probably put it out there. <laughs> That's the way I see it. All right, I'll get to 
Okay, let me get to this one more question. I'm going to let you make this uh, big announcement. Uh, now, American Idol, uh, what was your feelings on? I don't know if you saw that episode last Wednesday. Uh, the young, uh, hopeful uh, Quentin Alexander, uh, he was uh, singing the Lenny Kravitz song. Uh, clearly uh, showed his disgust for his two uh, hopeful friends about to be eliminated, uh, made the statement that this is whack. Uh, Harry Connick Jr. took that as the mean he meant Idol was whack as the competition was whack, and uh, he pretty much told him that he was biting the hand that feeds him. Uh, I felt mm-hmm. that to be very disrespectful. Uh, it was a live broadcast. Uh, Ryan Seacrest tried to calm stuff down. Uh, then the young man approached the, the judges' table, I mean, swiftly. Like, he wanted to slap the shit out of uh, Harry Connick Jr. I felt he, if it were me, I'd have slapped the shit out of Harry Connick too. I still can't stand him. Uh, I think he's a fag. Uh, uh, you know, I just think, you know, I, 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 he's made a lot of money. He's made good music for what I've heard. I don't really, I've never heard of him until Idol. But uh, do you think that he went too far? And if this would have been a young white guy, uh, maybe his reaction would have been different as opposed to this uh, this black guy trying to uh, sing a Lenny Kravitz song, and he says that he's being disrespectful, uh, biting the hand that feeds him. And to this day, this is, has been no apology from Harry Connick Jr. Uh, to the young man. Um, I, no, I did not see that. I did not hear about that. And um, I don't, I'm not really sure what the word You know, I think that... Uh, I, when that sort of thing happens, I think that, you know, and I did actually, I was invited to audition, not for that show, but for another show that's pretty much just like it. And um, and it's, I think when you're involved and you're right in that moment, you, it can, there's so much emotion and there's so much going through you, so much adrenaline coursing through you as the, as the contestant, the hopeful contestant, and of course, the judges, you know, have probably seen a million contestants that day. I know the day that that I auditioned for the for the show that they had invited me to be a part of uh, a few years ago. Um, there, they were there was a lot of people. And they, me, they kind of brought in first because they that show found me. It wasn't so much that I found the show; the show approached me. Um, but there were a, there was a line around the building of the Chicago Pier in, in uh, Chicago, Illinois. So those judges are seeing people every day, uh, all day, and I just think that sometimes things can be said. And I saw people crying. I saw a girl uh, at the auditions where I was having, I think, a, like a seizure. Um, you know, just hyperventilating. Really, not a seizure, but she was hyperventilating so bad it it looked like she was having a seizure, and they had to take her out on a, a stretcher. And I just think that it's things get said in the heat of the moment um, that aren't really meant. But unfortunately, once you put it out there, it's pretty hard to take it back. So, yeah, so I think, what Harry, you know, based on what you're telling, because I didn't see it, but it probably sounds like the guy was saying it was crazy because he was, he was uh, frustrated that he wasn't getting, achieving the results that he wanted. And then Harry Connick was probably thinking, how dare you come on this show where where you could you could experience your big break and then sort of trash it. And probably neither one of them, based on what it sounds like, the way you're, you're describing it, should have said anything. But, again, I've been there, and I know the adrenaline. You know, I remember them asking me to sing Sweet Caroline and, and asking me to uh, and forever in blue jeans. That was the other song, another song I did in that audition by Neil. And they were just asking me to 
move more? Can you move more? Can you be more demonstrative with your hands? Can you do this? And and I was just thinking to myself, this is a, this is not. I just thought I was going to come in here and be natural. I I thought that's what you wanted was me to be natural. Yeah, I get you. But but yeah, I get you. On it that. wasn't that way. Hey, not to cut you, not to cut not to cut you off on there, Diamond. Uh, we got we got uh, a couple of callers here waiting in the queue. Uh, we want to get to them, and then we're going to get to your announcement here. Uh, got another sure. call out of the uh, 304. Uh, you're on Righteous Social Radio with the King and Black Diamond. How you doing? All right. How we doing? All right. Uh, what's your name? This is Jeff. So everybody right, is Jeff, calling you from uh, Everybody's calling you from some, some of your people here, huh, Diamond? Yes. Yes. From my, and We're from my hometown. We're big supporters. Right, we got another guy. We got another call in the queue. Let's get to this one before the announcement. Uh, you know, right to the radio with the king. How you doing? Hello. Hey, how you doing? You're talking to me. Yes, I'm talking hi. to you. You're right yes, to radio with the king. What's hi, hi. My name is uh, Leah, and I have a question for um the Black Diamond. I just like to know if he ever met uh, the real Neil Diamond in uh, in life. That's a great question. I have not. Um, I, I think I came close a couple of weeks ago, uh, and it, and it, sadly it didn't happen. He was in um, Pittsburgh, Pennsylvania, uh, a few a couple weeks ago performing there, and, and I hoped and I thought that I was going to get to go, and at the last minute realized that I couldn't. But my, some of my reps went, and they actually met his wife. So I have a feeling if I had been there, I would have at the very least met his wife. But I'd like to think that once I met his wife, Katie, she would have uh, taken me to meet him. So at this point, uh, I have not met him, no. So but uh, um, I'd like to know if Neil Diamond uh, knows of you. He does, yeah. He um He's done some cool things uh, where my show is concerned. A, a couple of years ago, I sang, uh, did a benefit concert for. I'm sorry. I did a benefit concert for a homeless shelter here in Nashville, where I live. And Neil Diamond was kind enough to send along some autographed pictures as well as some of his CDs that we were uh, for us to auction off to raise money for this homeless shelter. So. He does know who I am, yeah. Okay. Thank all right, you. All right, all right, all uh, right. Let me uh, get to this uh, announcement here. You say you have a big announcement to make, and then after this we are going to the praise break. Yes. First of all, um, there's a movie coming out, a documentary. Uh, it's called Play Me, and uh, it's being uh, directed and produced by a guy out of Florida named Steve Tatone. And uh, he's he's documenting the lives of Neil Diamond tribute singers around the world, and I am uh, blessed and happy to be in uh, one of the people whose story he's going to tell you. And it kind of takes off more from my book, which is Black Diamond, The Real Illusion, uh, written by Scott Nolan, which you can find um, on my website, blackdiamondvocals.com. But the big announcement, the first time I've ever told anyone, and it's something that I just thought about, uh, decided I wanted to do in the last couple of weeks, is it, I will always sing Neil Diamond songs. Um, I mean, um, I love him. But I've also, it's no, my show is no longer really just a tribute to Neil Diamond. Outside of the dates that I have left in which I was booked specifically to perform Neil Diamond songs um, that I think take me into August, after that, uh, when you come to a Black Diamond experience, 
it, when you have a Black Diamond experience, you will hear, of course, you'll hear some of the Neil Diamond catalog, but you're going to hear other singers uh, that have influenced me throughout my life, Barry White, Lou Rawls, um, you know, just all these people that Isaac Kays, James Brown. What was it? I didn't hear you. What did you say, Greg? So I didn't say. I think that was uh, your other guy that was on. Go, go ahead. Go ahead and finish with the announcement. We're getting close up on. Well, the yeah. Place. So I just want to, you know, when people come to the show, it's not gonna. It used to be when you would come to the Black Diamond show, you basically were hearing thirty-two Neil Diamond songs straight. But now you're gonna hear some Neil Diamond songs. You're gonna hear some Lou Rawls songs. You'll never find. You're gonna hear some Barry White songs, some Isaac Hayes songs. And just anybody that may have influenced me, you might even hear me do an Eric Clapton song, um, but because he was a strong influence on me. But uh, it's it's going to be, you know, hopefully be done in the style of Neil Diamond. I hopefully people will still think it sounds Neil Diamond-ish, but it won't necessarily be a tribute. And I just think that frees me up to uh, be able to um, give the show more options and more breathing room. And people will buy it, uh, book it, because, or come see it because they know that they're going to hear, you know, one of their favorite singers as well, like some of those people I just named. So for the first time on your show, I am announcing that it's really no longer specifically a Neil Diamond tribute show that I do. It is just the Black Diamond experience um, in which I do songs by so many singers that have influenced me throughout my life and hopefully still in the Neil Diamond-ish style. All right. I know we're about to go into the praise break, man. If you want to stick around after the break, uh, we're going to go after we come back from the break, we're going to final thoughts. That's the last section of the show. And uh, that'll give you a chance to give you a shout-out, and, uh, your final thoughts on the evening. And uh, we wrap this up and get on out of here. So uh, you want to stick around? I sure will. All right, this is Vice Council Radio. This is the praise break. We'll be right back after this. We worship you in the spirit. We worship you in the truth. We worship you in the spirit. That's what we got. Lift your hands, everybody, to do. Lift your hands and worship. We worship. We worship you in the truth. That's what we're here today to do, Lord. We worship you in the truth. That's what we're going to do.
listen, don't let the lights and smoke fool you. Go Don't let it fool you. That's just things to, to compel them to come and to draw them. But it's the anointing that destroys them. And that's what's here right now in the building. I dare you to just reach up right now. There's deliverance in the house. I feel, I feel chains falling off. I hear the chains in the spirit. I hear them in the spirit. They're falling off. The very power of God is coming into your life. And transformation is coming. I speak it yeah, 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 right, to social media, we're back, you know what I'm saying, that was the praise break of, man, teacher Captain, uh, we worship you, you know what I'm saying, final uh, thoughts for the night, you know what I'm saying, uh, before we go into that, we got to call out a 718, you know what I'm saying, what's going on, you're on right to social radio. Yes, hi, hello, this is Erica calling from Who is the Singer, and uh, hey, I would like to upload uh, our singer, our artist, um, Black Diamond, uh, he fits with our... Uh, organization so perfectly because you can't even uh, know who really who the singer is is Black Diamond or Neil Diamond and you know from the little we know him we kind of like um, got to know how nice uh, of a person he is he has such a great character and we all hear it with the singer love him very much he's dear to us and right, this is uh, he said, this is Erica from uh, Who's the Singer. Go ahead and shout out your website there so the people will know uh, you know this uh, guest tonight. Yes, it's who's the singer dot com. That's right. Who so you heard it first. You're right. Yourself, so this guest, that's right. This guest uh, Black Down has been brought to you by Who's the Singer dot com. So go check out our website, and uh, we look forward to having more of your uh, you know talent come through the Righteous Hustle here in the future. All right, we got uh, like I said, um, final thoughts for the night. Uh, real quick, uh, Diamond, Black Diamond, what's your final thoughts, man, about everything? Man, just love each other. If we could just love each other a little bit more. These are these are tough days and tough times we're living in, and it's almost becoming like every man for himself. But we have to stop and not let that mentality overcome us. We want to look out for our fellow man. We want to. It's very easy to just hug someone when you see them or smile at them or, or shake their hand. Let let each other know that we love each other. Make this world an easier place to get through and this life an easier life to live. All right, no doubt. Any shout-outs you want to kick right now? You know, you still got your boy on the line with you. Any shout-outs? Yeah, just, you know, thanks to everyone that has been a part of the Black Diamond journey for the last 15 years. There are so many people. Um, thanks to the Pointer Sisters who – um, gave me such a great break when they let me uh, open shows for them, but also just who have been, have been like family to me uh, since 1985 when I was a young, wet behind the ears kid arriving in Los Angeles. Ruth Pointer uh, has written a forward for my book, Black Diamond, The Real Illusion, if anybody wants to pick that up from my website. And just thanks to um, every, all the fans who have, uh, who with, without whom there would be no Black Diamond experience. And uh, I really appreciate and love um, them, and, uh, and 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 acknowledge their support here and now. No doubt, well put, well put. Well, my final thoughts on the night: uh, the topic, subliminal messages in music, part one. Uh, yes, there are subliminal messages in music. Uh, you've seen proof of that. Uh, we covered, uh, you know, uh, how the Beatles did it. Uh, we covered how a couple of rock schools back in the day did it. Uh, we're going to go more in-depth on this uh, next week. Uh, definitely find out what you're listening to. You don't know what are encoded in these songs. 
a lot of them are satanic undertones to get you to worship Satan, to get you to get into witchcraft and black magic. And when these songs are played backwards and reversed, you see the messages on there. They've been exposed. They've been, Dan Rather back in 82 reported this thing uh, years ago. So if it's been done 30 years ago, imagine what's being done to the music now. So like I said, we'll get more in depth with this next week. Next week's guest will be uh, my girl Trina. Trina stars of Detroit. Uh, that bodacious model, I mean, I mean, ass is big as I don't, I can't even explain how big that ass is, but, uh, she'll be back on this show, man, uh, next week as a guest, uh, telling us what she got going on, you know what I'm saying? Um, GoFundMe, that's right, GoFundMe, Righteous Hustle is, uh, doing the GoFundMe campaign this season, listen here, the broadcast, if it's been a blessing to you, if it's opened your eyes, if you've enjoyed the guest, make a donation, you know what I'm saying? Every donation counts, um, the broadcast costs money to produce and to put out. I'm a worker. I'm also a student. The broadcast will be funded out of my own pocket if I have to, but I can always use the support of the people. And also guests. Like I said, if you feel like the Father's moving you, uh, any guests that I've had on, past, present, or future, if you feel like the Father's moved you, if it's been a blessing to you, by all means, make a donation. That's uh, GoFundMe.com slash Righteous Hustle. GoFundMe.com slash Righteous Hustle. Uh, the, the Atlanta Sports Support. Uh, the Braves uh, beat the Blue Jays up in Toronto today. Uh, I think the score was uh, what five to two up there in Toronto. They uh, won the series. They went two out of three. Uh, the Hawks start their playoff bid. Uh, they beat the Brooklyn Nets down there at Phillips Arena, ninety nine ninety two. So the Hawks are uh, one game up on Brooklyn in that best of seven series in round one. So the uh, NBA playoffs is definitely in full effect. Uh, baseball is back in full effect. So uh, this is looking to be a good uh, spring and going into going to be a good summer. Um, like I said, once again, the Black Diamond was brought to you by WhoIsTheSinger.com. That's WhoIsTheSinger.com. Go check out her website. Uh, check out what she has going on. Uh, I hope to have more guests from her in the near future. So just keep your ears peeled on that. And uh, finally, every day. And I mean every day is a good day, even with trouble. You know why? Because Jesus is sure he is the living word. Listen here, man. It's been a blast with the Black Diamond. I'm the king. I'll be back here next week, same time. This is Righteous Hustle Radio. All right, Black, say goodbye to him, man. Goodbye, my friends. Goodbye. I love you. Peace. Later. I'm the king around here. I got the only house on the block paid for. That's why they call me the king. Mac on the track. I'm getting money. So it's nothing. These niggas saying they getting it. They bluffing. Y'all get it. I really get it. Y'all get it. I really get it. Riding the farm with a farm. Yeah, my bitch illegal. Told her to keep calm. Cause I got a big ego. He talking money. Man, that shit chump change. Only 19 and I'm in the range. My bitch come off the front page. I get it. Like I'm trapping out the bando. She favor Alicia Keys, but she don't play the piano. Don't call me but my government. Call me King Greg Ho. I'm ballin', 
Told that nigga I own her. My bitch play on movers, so I act like I don't want her. Told her ass, stop tripping. Starting to think that she clumsy. Told her throw that ass back, back, like she refunded. Ain't the type to fill my soul, but you can see I'm the shit. That's why when she see me, she be like, who is this? I'm king, crown me if you broke, get from Rami. Cause the only thing on your mind is scheming and plotting. Young wrist with a mouth full of gold, pocket full of money and a house full of home. Young wrist with a mouth full of gold, pocket full of money and a house full of home. Young wrist with a mouth full of gold, pocket full of money and a house full of home. Young wrist with a mouth full of gold, pocket full of money and a house full of home. Young wrist, Guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.